Good morning. It is Monday, May 15th, and I'm uh, sitting down this morning with Emily Hathcock. She is the Associate Director of Planning and Development for BRAD, and she, I guess you got a lot of, uh, keep a lot of balls in the air, don't you? I do. Quite yeah. fun. So, uh, Emily, just kind of, we'll just start off a little bit of background education, you know, how you got to Kentucky and Bowling Green and BRAD and all that, and then we'll get into some of the, the good stuff about what you do and, and talk about the steering committees, those kind of things. Sounds great. So, what is your background? Yeah, so I moved to Kentucky from Arkansas in 2018, specifically to take the job at Brad. Um, my educational background, I have a bachelor's degree in digital media and design from Arkansas State University. And then I have a master's degree in library sciences and information from Florida State. Wow, okay. So, yeah. So are you a Razorback at all or no? That's the other side of the state. Yes. Um, so Arkansas State... Uh, we actually had a, a young man back in 95 or 96 went there from Allegheny to play basketball. Nice. Yeah. And I don't know how long he stayed, but, yeah, it was kind of interesting. Arkansas State. That's D1, I mean, I think. So. I have no you're not idea. Big, so you're not a big sports fan, <laughs> I'm I am not. <laughs> okay. Okay. So tell me a little bit about uh, digital. I mean, what what is that? I mean. Yeah. So I knew early on that I wanted to go get a master's degree in library sciences. I mm -hmm. had this vision that I was going to be a librarian. Sure. Um, thought that would be a lot of fun. Still think it would be fun, but um, really love what I do now. So really? I'm not looking to switch over. Well. You know, you, it's funny, you say, and I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I've got one thing to tell you. I, my daughter works summers here at the library. Yeah. Well, one of the perks, I guess, as a full-time librarian is that they pay for a master's in library science at the University of Kentucky. And I think, that I, if I'm not mistaken, all the young ladies over there that work there have their master's. Nice. And I think that's, you know, that I guess that's where you have to get to to be in that field. You do, yeah. yeah. You really have to get... If you, if you want to be um, anything other than like a school librarian, you mm -hmm. have to get an American Library Association's accredited degree. So um, where did, did you work in a library during high school or I something? I did. My very first job was at a library. Okay. Um, I have pretty much worked in nonprofit realm my entire career. Mm -hmm. um, so I loved the job at the library. At that time, they were really pushing um, that there was expected to be a lot of retiring librarians about the time that I should have hit and should uh -huh. have gotten my master's. Um, and so I was like, well, that'll be a uh, good timing, good field. I know it was a master's degree requirement. So I was like, well, I'm going to approach my bachelor's a little bit differently and give it um, some variety in case I decide I want to do something else. Mm -hmm. um, initially, I had started with graphic design um, and quickly switched over to digital because mm -hmm. I uh, found that more interesting. Uh, well, don't a lot of public libraries provide those kind of services? I know here they do. I mean, I, this is simplistic, but like posters and those kind of yeah. a lot of different services. They do. Um, libraries are so much more than books. They uh, are. And you know, the thing is, is I love libraries. Me Don't too. you love a library? <laughs> I mean, I remember as a kid going to the library, you know, public library, just going down and just hanging out. Yep. You know, it's kind of a social thing too and whatever. But I know uh, online presence is at libraries now, it's like they may have so many books, but then there's 500,000 periodicals and right. sources. And, and albums and mo uh, movies and anything else. I mean, most libraries, too, even have, like, an object checkout. So you could go check out, like, a sewing machine or baking pans. Isn't it's that interesting? So, it's so wild, but I love it. Yeah, and, you know, the thing is, of course, they've, al they've always had a – or, you know, you could go get videos and those kind of things also. but Or sit, go down there and read the local paper right. or whatever. But I don't know. It's just uh, there's an atmosphere about a library. And, 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 in, and here in particular – you know, it's really maintained that tradition in mm -hmm. a way, yet going with the times. And, you know, I know Sheila Stovall has moved 
our library uh, through all that stuff. But it's just, uh, I don't know, it's just a great feel. And uh, there's a lot of people that have a, a love for libraries, like summer reading program. That's yeah. all coming up, right? Right, right. So do you, when you see stuff like that, you just kind of like, wow, yeah, that's not bad, you know? Yeah, yeah, it still excites me. I Unfortunately, I, I've been out of the field long enough that I'm not super competitive with it anymore. Oh, really? Um, I, I would have a lot of catching up to do. Do you go to the Warren County Library any? I do. Yeah? I do. I have a membership. I do also love they have a makerspace in one of their branches. Yeah, no, what, so like what, for instance, you can do there? Like you yeah, know. so. Um, I, I know this has nothing to do with Brad, but it's so very interesting. It is though. really cool. Yeah. Um, so the Bob Kirby branch of the Warren County Library okay. has an idea lab is what they call it. All right. Um, but it's got a pottery wheel, an industrial embroidery machine, a CNC <laughs> machine. Really? Um, wood engraving, you can make the little button, the metal buttons to yeah. you know, that you like are layered with plastic. Do they have a 3D printer? They do have a 3D printer. Well, I didn't, I didn't, had never seen one. They have a STEM lab out here at high school. We went out for the ribbon cutting. I never seen it. It was cool. All that kind of stuff you're talking about. Yeah, it's really cool. And it's, um, cost of materials and minimal for them to help you with it. And so did they instruct you on those kind of things? They have people that... Are- they do. Um, so when I first moved here, I really wanted to find... I had been searching for a long time um, a pottery lab, basically, um, where you could just pay a fee yeah. and go in, and you could throw the pots, and they would fire them, and you didn't have to like have the kiln or any of the stuff, because I just it's a lot of a fun hobby. Um, and when I found out that they did it, you have to go and you have to take a little class so they sure. can show you how to use the equipment. Sure. And then they have a worker there in the lab that can assist, but for the most part, you're on your own. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's a great resource. It's so awesome. <laughs> that's entertaining, too, yeah. right? Yeah, cool. Uh, I know uh, Ella, she's going to uh, intern next fall, I guess, spring, at the Boyle County Library in nice. Danville. Trying to get a little exposure to her life. But I don't know. I think, you know, it's one of those things. She went into the library and worked, and she just loved it. You yeah, know? It was yeah. kind of cool. And you meet a lot of different people, right? You do. You do. So, well, okay. So that really, now we've got that background, you know, it's kind of cool. But it is a great background. And, you know, and just one more thing. There's such a, I don't know, a passion or there's a sympathy or nostalgic for libraries. Yes. Yeah. Know? And uh, so what do you do for Brad? Yeah. So I'm the Associate Director of Planning and Development. Um, I head up the Community and Economic Development team. We are about 10 strong. Um, and we assist cities and counties and nonprofits, um, primarily cities and counties, mm-hmm. with anything that could improve the quality of life for their citizens. Um, a lot of times that boils down to grant projects um, or technical assistance in some way. Um, so we provide grant writing, grant administration. We can help you kind of seek out funding for a specific project. We have a public administration specialist that can help with city budgets. Um, and researching ordinances. Um, We have a transportation planner that works closely with KYTC Mm -hmm. and um, identifying local roads and state roads um, that need improvement. We're getting ready to do a large uh, safety project with that that'll include um, some sidewalk inventories and walkability studies for our communities. Really? That's awesome. We're really excited about it. Oh, yeah, yeah. We have a GIS um, manager and a GIS technician that helps with mapping and also works closely with our 911 dispatchers. Um, And then we have a water planner. Um, She's a community development specialist that focuses in water and wastewater Mm -hmm. projects. Um, And she uh, helps our utility systems with various projects as well as uh, creating regional rate books for comparison and things like that. 
So kind of anything and everything. Well, a lot of the uh, infrastructural. I mean, I, when yep. you look at a list of the projects, it's sewer, it's water, right. transportation is a big. I know I think we're getting ready to maybe enter into a little experimental uh uh, grant writing Yeah, Yes, we're excited about it. Yeah, that's that's going to be great. I mean, because you all have a lot of access to resources and information, and you deal specifically with municipalities and counties. Right. And I know, uh, you know, a lot of grant writers are not familiar. They're more private for whatever, not necessarily specific, because there's a lot of stuff there. Right. But it's pretty technical, isn't it? It I is. Mean, there, and there are... There are grants out there, but they are very limited in what they will do. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of times you hear, oh, you can get a grant for that. And maybe, maybe you can, um, but it's going to be pretty specific. Um, and it's going to have some really clear boundaries as to what you can and can't spend funding on. And it may not be a full grant. They may want to say, hey, we'll loan you part of it. True. I mean, those, you know, we all, everybody likes 100 or 100 zero, right. 75, 25 maybe, but, but there are things, uh, you're limited to what you right. can spend those funds on. And uh, so that, but the thing is, the knowledge base that you all are bringing to the table right. uh, is a different, I think, is a big asset to communities. We're, we're pretty excited. We keep a, um, a pretty good, well, we try to keep a pretty good handle mm-hmm. on what's out there and what our communities are currently seeking and um, we got a lot of that from our steering committee process in identifying, hey, what each community is really interested in going after to really let us focus our research efforts on those categories. So let's, uh, and I, we want to talk extensively about the steering committees, but let's back up a minute and kind of explain to people what BRAD is. It's one of, of ad districts in the yes. state. Yes. Uh, so we are one of 15 area development districts in the state. We are legislatively created. Um, Brad was formed in 1968, uh, so we're just over 50 years old, and we exist um, as an economic development district and an area agency on aging and independent living um, for the betterment of the region. So on my side of the house, that means we provide that technical assistance to cities and counties. We're designated through the Economic Development Administration to do that. On the other side of the house, the aging and independent living side, I think you recently Mm -hmm. had Holly on, um, and she talked extensively about what Mm -hmm. all they can offer. Um, And then, like I said, we are a network, so there are several others of us across the state that offer what we do, and sometimes more, sometimes less, depends Mm -hmm. on what the area is. So do you all, as far as services, is there a survey that you all do, or even part of the steering committee, what what this 10-county region needs or yeah. wants. Is, yeah. that how, is that how you kind of uh, modify your offerings? or Sort of. Uh, so for our department, uh, it's really driven by our regional comprehensive economic development strategy, our okay. SEDS. Um, how and often is that? How often is that Every created? five years. Okay. That's All a right. five-year plan. And then also fi- also on that five-year plan is our regional hazard mitigation plan. Okay. Um, and those two large documents are federally mandated that we have to do. Um, and p- in the past, they have been um, very large paper documents, <laughs> um, about 800 pages. Oh, wow. Um, that took some time. <laughs> yeah, it was it's oh my extensive. Gosh. Um, I fondly refer to them as a very pretty doorstop. Um, <laughs> so they're thicker than a fruitcake for yeah, Christmas or whatever. They're they're extensive. <laughs> um, That's a lot. And they met all of the federal requirements. They checked all the boxes. They got us what we needed, mm-hmm. but they weren't actively used. Oh. Um, so they're 
their purpose, the reason the federal government has us do this, really is for that identification of what are the needs in your region, uh-huh. um, both on an economic development side and on an emergency management side. Um, and so looking at this update, it just kind of hit the timing right where we could pair them together uh-huh. recently. Um, so we finished up kind of the recent update in 2022, and we took a new approach with it. Uh, so instead of handling these two plans separately in their own little bubbles, mm-hmm. Um, and calling together meetings for both that at their heart needed the same people in the room, Um, we combined the process. And instead of doing kind of large regional meetings, we did county-level steering committees. Um, And those steering committees met for about 18 months um, in really intensive planning for each county. Uh, And when I say county, I really mean county as a geographic area, not necessarily as a... Um, jurisdictional legal Mm -hmm. area right so it included the county government but also the city government from every city within that county along with various other stakeholders um, emergency managers EMS librarians yeah I mean you had a I mean the the, there's like it was like 32 or 33 different folks on this committee and with varying I guess, occupations, right. professions, those kind of things. And then each meeting was also completely open to the public. We invited people throughout the whole process to give us their input. And we really took a deep dive with that committee on what that county wanted, needed, um, had an had an idea for how they wanted to be when they grew sure. up. Right. right. Um, so then from a regional level, we created 10 of those county-level <laughs> plans. Um, and then looked for themes in those as to kind of what were some commonalities, right? So a very clear one is broadband. Mm-hmm. Um, every sure. county mentioned broadband. Right. Um, another one that came up consistently, whether you like it or not, was planning and zoning. Yes. In every county. Very really? hot button. Yep. Yeah. Um, pros and cons. Pros and cons. Um, shifting slightly more towards the pros right yeah, now, just with the so. way that development is kind of speeding through and people wanting to protect what they have. Exactly. Um, and that goes back to kind of understanding really what planning and zoning can do for you. Right. Um, a knee-jerk reaction a lot of times is, I don't want you to tell me what I can do. Sure. Um, and in a lot of cases, that's not what the communities are trying to do. They're trying to protect that personal property, to protect your value, sure. um, to keep... Um, a use that you don't want to see out your back door from locating out your back door. But it's different, and it's a change, and it comes up quite a bit. Well, you know, as fast as this region is growing, yes, I think, you know, I don't think anybody expected, you know, South Central Kentucky like this to grow at the speed it has. And you're right. I mean, that we're playing catch-up on the planning and zoning in a lot of places. I know a lot of counties don't have. Right. We have planning and zoning both in the city. And uh, I know that you're right. There's two sides to that. You protect the existing uh, homeowners, landowners, those kind of things. But right. also, people who want to move in, you want some predictability. Right. You want to know what you're getting into. Yeah. You don't want to spend all that money on a gorgeous view right. that is, in two years, suddenly not there anymore. Right. Because they built a factory. Right. Or a or five-story, anything. whatever. Yeah. 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 Um, and then also, we have a lot of prime farmland. Yes. Um, that you don't necessarily want to see... Um, large industrial development on if you don't have a way to counteract that with other farmland, right? Right. Like, we've still got to be able to feed our people, too. Sure, exactly. (laughs) So it's been quite a hot-button topic across all of our counties. Um, Oh, it is. Planning is is a big deal. But, I mean, I think it's very important. I think that, I I, I mean, you know, like I said earlier, predictability, you know, knowing what you're doing. You know, because we're having people coming 
we're having people coming from out of moving into this area. Yes. And they're used to those kind of things. Yes. And they're yeah. like, what do you mean we don't, you can't? Yeah. Well, yeah, you can do whatever you want to right now. If it's, if it's zoned agricultural, you know, no right. holes barred. Right. You know, yeah. so you're right. Yeah. And we, and we do have several counties that have very minimal, if anything. Um, mm-hmm. And then we have a lot that are like just kind of exploring because there are different levels to planning and zoning as well. So you can get really, really restrictive on it. But you can also get just real base, like we're going to give you minimal provisions and just say, hey, no, we're going to protect our existing land use and we're going to regulate a little bit on if there's new residential coming in so that that is a safe place to live. Right? I think once people hear that, yeah, it kind of eases them down a little bit. Well, you know what? That's not a bad idea. Yeah. And a lot of times, too, uh, specifically with our counties that have maybe nothing, um, <laughs> They'll start with subdivision regulations, right? Mm-hmm. So we're seeing a ton of residential housing going up as we need housing. Um, and so they'll start by saying, okay, we're going to put just a little bit of guidance on how these subdivisions can happen, right? We're going to make sure that you can have two access points so that one of them can't get blocked off if we need to get a fire truck to you. Sure. Right? Just base safety things. Um, hey, maybe let's not locate something that shouldn't be near residential next to this subdivision, right? right? Let's not put a subdivision next to something that's already existing that doesn't make sense for houses to be next to. I think we have subdivision regulations in the county here, but we don't have anything else. Yeah, that's usually a very base where they start um, because it does give you that peace of mind and that protection on if you're moving in, you're at least in an area that's got a little bit of protection. So what is the difference between planning end zoning because yeah. somebody say well you know we have planning but we don't have zoning absolutely I think that's the way it falls in county so what's the so planning is your intent uh-huh. and zoning is your enforcement okay um so you can have all the planning in the world <laughs> um but if you don't enforce it it does you no good sure um so planning really does it goes back to your land use plan right um so you can sit down most communities have a comprehensive plan of some sort Mm -hmm. um part of that comprehensive plan requires a land use plan for your community um, but it doesn't require you to stick to it Mm. Um, zoning is where you come in and say no we're going to stick to our plan and this is how we're going to put some ordinance in places we're gonna have a code enforcement officer Um, we're going to put a system in place that says no we follow our plan right well, that's, you know, if you have something written on paper, it's not going to be worth anything unless you can follow right. through with it and enforce it. And, I mean, fortunately in the city, we have both. And I think, you know, we're able to, uh, with the help of the Planning and Zoning Board, you know, do a few things, and we're trying to move along some areas. But, I mean, everybody's facing the same thing. We're growing fast, you know, a lot of residentials and a lot of development. Yep. So we're just, you know, trying to move cautiously but try to stay at least – even or a little ahead of right, right. So as you hear, uh, you know, some places they blow up, you know, it's overnight, literally. You know, yes. they're like, well, we didn't see that coming, so we didn't plan for it. Right. Well, they're paying for it now. Yes. Like yeah. with, with uh, I know roadways and stuff. They, there's nowhere to, you know, to add a lane. Yep. And yeah. and even just um, so a community back home in Arkansas that I worked with. Um, landed a very large uh, chicken processing mm-hmm. facility, which was awesome. We worked with them on a grant for it. Um, but what they didn't necessarily consider was the wear and tear on the actual roadbed mm-hmm. for all of the chicken trucks coming sure. in and going. Um, and now there are massive like ruts <laughs> yes. in the state highway oh, leading wow. up to sure. um, to the facility. Right. Um, and it's just a continual battle of something that wasn't 
thought through. Sure. Well, I mean, I even think Scottsville Road. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's you know, it's just crazy. Lovers Lane, Campbell Lane, all those places over in there. You know, and there's just really nowhere to go. Yeah. I mean, road wise, I mean, they did some there. Uh, uh, so a couple of the intersection stuff, but as far as expanding and the traffic is just getting more and more and congestion. Yeah, it's a little frustrating, I think, for folks. I think so too. And even in like in this community's case, they planned the best that they could with sure. what they knew, um, but you never really know how it's going to react until you get into it. True, right? Um, I come from the Delta part of Arkansas as well, so okay. the ground is um, flat. Yes, <laughs> very flat. Well, until you had hundreds of big. Yeah. Uh, heavy duty trucks running over the roads. You didn't really know what. You don't know. You don't be. know. You don't know what the base of the how it's going to hold up. And yeah. you can only plan and with foresight so far ahead. Um, so let's talk about um, specifically uh, water and sewer and those kind of things. I mean, those are hot button items too. They right? are. Because yeah. The communities are growing. They need those services. Yep. You know, and those are very expensive. Very projects. expensive. We found that out ourselves here. Locally, yes, very know. expensive. And then also there are regulations coming down from EPA about, hey, if you have lead service lines, you need to figure out where those are and get them out. Yeah, we're um, in the process of that now. Yeah, it's a, it's a tricky well, we had a we have a GIS person uh, that is on staff part-time, and we just got a summer intern. He just hired one from uh, Western. Nice. And that's what he's basically going to be doing going through. I guess anything – Post nineteen eighty five, we're probably in good shape. Right, and then after that, and before that, because we had the who was the, you had somebody that spoke at one of the uh, meetings uh, specifically about that. It came down from I get the yes. division of water. Yes, and uh, it's at first face, it's pretty overwhelming what they want. Right, uh, and it's going to take some legwork. Yep. So yep. basically, you want to kind of explain a little bit lead lines. What I mean, what they're doing, they're going and literally going door to door. Yes, yeah. It's, so it's door to door to identify. Um, does the house to the main have lead? Does the main um, into the system have lead in it? And where can we get those replaced? Where can mm-hmm. we um, make sure that they're not going to be continually contaminating anything? Um, and also, what kind of future development impacts that'll have as well? Sure. Um, so there is a lot coming down federally on kind of some guidance with that and some assistance as well. Mm-hmm. We can um, assist communities in applying for grants specifically to plan out where their lead lines are and then to make plans for removal, um, which is nice. But it's a kind of first-come, 1st first serve basis too. Yeah. Um, and then it's the Kentucky Infrastructure Authority, so a lot of times those are not full 100% grants. Are, is there a deadline for this to at least do the study? Uh, or to get it done sometime, what, 2024, There 2025? is. I believe it's 24 okay. to have the study done, and then maybe it's 26 yeah. to have it Yeah, it's a little scary. Morgan, my community development yeah. specialist, she's the she's the go-to on that one. But it was, you know, just listening to his presentation that day, I, was, we were, I think a lot of people were sitting there thinking, I don't know, that sounds like an awful lot to get done in a short amount of time. It, it is going to be extensive. And the expense. Yes, you yeah. Know, it's almost, I don't know how, like you said, it's going to be first come, first serve, but some of this might be almost like an unfunded mandate. Yeah. Yeah. And it's federal. Yeah. So they don't mean, they mean business. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's coming from the top. So. Yeah. That's interesting. So you all have uh, assisted in uh, sewer treatment plants. Uh, we have. Uh, building and then remodeling and those kind of things. Yep. Uh, so uh, water and wastewater treatment plants, extending of lines, replacing of lines, pumps, um, kind of if you name it, we've probably assisted with it in some way, shape, or form on the infrastructure side. Um, on the community development side, we've assisted with uh, homeless shelters, with rehab facilities, 
um, community centers just in general, senior centers, uh, walking trails, kind of the wide gamut of community projects. So you're going to be doing an inventory of sidewalks and so forth. Or we are. assisting that. That's yeah. interesting. That's, uh, uh, we've done a few sidewalk improvements here, but it'd be nice to have a full inventory of what, what you all consider. Now, is, yeah. are, are you all going to have criteria that makes the survey, or how's that work? We are. Um, so we've applied for some additional federal funding um, to do walkability assessments mm-hmm. for all of our communities. We're going to use the AARP toolkit sure. um, that's online and, and is a really great resource for communities um, to identify kind of areas where you have accessible walking and where you don't mm-hmm. and kind of what those needs might be to get you more accessible. Um, again, but kind of back to all of our steering committees, walkability was also a, a theme uh-huh. that we saw and the need for sidewalks and connections. Um, and then kind of in tangent with that, uh, or in tandem with that, we've got a regional transit feasibility study mm-hmm. occurring right now um, that we are interested to see also if walkability plays any part in that. Mm-hmm. And hey, is if we have existing transit, can we get to our stops? Can we get to our routes? Um, if we had fewer stops, but they were more walkable, mm-hmm. or if we need more stops kind of what that all looks like. Um, so we're in the process of that. That should be wrapping up in the fall, mm-hmm. and we'll have some results there. be interesting how that goes, because that's some of the concerns we have yeah. on our transit. It's just, you know, are the stops uh, convenient enough? Or are they, you know, because you have a lot of different uh, different levels of health and different right. things like that, and those are all kind of things. But public transportation is a great thing. Yes, absolutely. And the other um, exciting thing about that study that we're looking at is, is it feasible to offer any way to connect existing transit services right. together? And what I mean by that is, can I get on transit here at Scottsville and get off at Bowling Green to go to the doctor right. or to go shopping and sure. then get back all on public transit? Mm-hmm. Um, currently, the answer is no. Um, right. But we're looking to see, is there a way that we could feasibly provide right. that connectivity? Well, you know, I think we even talked about that company uh, out yep. of Ohio that had come down and talked to us about being a part of a uh, transportation like say from uh, Louisville or Lexington down to Nashville right uh, they're hooking up basically with Greyhound nice and you know along the way they were going to make maybe making stops but that for some reason has been kind of put on we haven't heard anything else from them but since we were already a transit authority set up they were right. going to kind of go through us nice and but like you said, it's a feeder program, basically. Right. Uh, I think a lot of it started from the Mennonite community. Oh, that yeah. That was the drive yeah. up in Ohio, in, you know, uh, northeastern Ohio. And I think that's where they got their start. It's Barron's, I think. It's the Barron's bus service. And uh, that was something we were pretty excited about. Yeah. And I don't know if that's still going to happen. I don't know. It's, it's like anything else, funding, those kind of things. Yeah. But I think there was a definite need there to address, and I don't know how where we're at right now, but I thought it'd be kind of cool. Yeah, to, that is because you're right. If you say you want to get on, you know, drive, get to Lexington, right? You know, maybe uh, you know, a lot of people don't like to drive or don't have the means to drive, right? And uh, I think that I'm just a big fan of public transportation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, what are the, some of the other hot topic items on the uh, steering yeah, committee reports? Um, let me think through this real quick. So, you had, you had your downtown districts. You had. We did. Uh, we had 11 categories. Uh-huh. Um, so we had workforce development, economic development, downtown development, uh, public health and safety, public facilities and services, transportation, infrastructure, and then uh, civic and leadership development, housing, tourism, and cultural development. Yeah, wow. And then that covers all the and bases. And sense of place. Right. Yeah. So 
you think you, I think a lot of people were interested in it. Yeah. So overall, regionally, we had over a thousand smart objectives created. On average, about every county created about a hundred mm-hmm. um, across those eleven categories. Same eleven categories for everybody. Um, we are a year into implementation of the plans of the five years. Um, and we meet with those committees now quarterly mm-hmm. and do kind of a check-in with them. Um, we come in really as an accountability partner uh, sure. and say, hey, you all said you wanted to work on these things this quarter and these things next quarter. How is that going? Are they still feasible? Are they still what you want to work on? Have you done them? Do we need to change them? Mm-hmm. Everything is really flexible. It's really based upon what the community wants to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have gone into some, and they've said, you know, this was a really great idea when yeah. we were planning. Um, but it is not really the best approach. Right. And so we'll edit it. Sure. Well, I know you said, you know, and when I said on the meetings, you were talking about like, okay, well, this we've really gotten this done, so we can move that off. Or it's really not going to be possible to do it by fall. Can we move it to 2024? Right. I mean, so there is some flexibility because – things change right you know there's dynamics within you know budgets and just infrastructure and those kind of things and uh, so that makes it a to me it's even better to have that flexibility right because what was a priority a year ago well it may not be right now right we Uh, i mean we planned this through a pandemic so (laughs) (laughs) yeah you're right things change a little bit yeah they have changed Um, and and it's really what we what we want it to be is a living document, sure. right? We don't right. want it to be that real pretty doorstop, exactly. right? Mm-hmm. Um, we want you to use it, to have basis for it. And then from our perspective, it gives us kind of that pipeline of projects that communities are interested sure. in for us to be researching. Hey, um, it, we keep up with a system on the back end that our communities don't necessarily see, uh-huh. um, but it's a software-based system that lets us go, okay, I know of this grant funding that's coming out, and let me check real quick. Oh, all of these committees have said that they're interested in it, so right. let me make sure I can get it out to them. Sure. Um, and then, oh, I lost. Well, name. I think I, I think the thing I love is the stakeholders. Yes. I mean, you know, all these people are involved. Yes. And you know, and they're they're, they're throwing these out. Yeah, exactly. And that and you said you call it a living document. I think that's important. Yes. Because you know, like you said. You know, you create something. It's like, okay, well, if we don't do it this way, then I guess we can't do any of it. Right. Or this doesn't apply. You know, time. Right. Things change. Right. But I think that, to me, is one of the most attractive things about this. And we're really excited, too, because not only is it, I say living document, it's a website. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. It, it's not a PDF anywhere. It's not a paper format. It is an interactive website. Um, it's at planning.brad.org. You can go look at it. You can go look sure. at it. You can go look at everybody's objectives. Um, all 10 counties, you can do a deep dive. You can look by category. You can sure. look at specifics. Um, we update it after each quarterly meeting so mm-hmm. that we try to keep it as, as consistent as possible. Right. And then the other part that's really nice about this from a community perspective is um, – Anyone can use that document too, right? So if you have a nonprofit that is seeking out funding for something that is also supported by one of the objectives, you now have a, a county plan that mm-hmm. says, hey, this was in the plan sure. as a backup point for your application, right? Right. You can say, hey, this was an identified need in our Allen County strategic mm-hmm. plan, um, and this is why we're going after this project. Well, you know, and also companies are thinking about relocate, relocating right. to a city or locating their you know business. They may just want to look and see what what's going what's on. What's going community. on? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And see, and what I like, like I said earlier, you know, you see where there's 32, 33 partners involved or something like that. That that's pretty attractive. Somebody yeah. that might be want to be a part of your community. Well, and it's the community taking an active look at itself mm-hmm. and saying. 
what can we do um, to keep those values that we like about our community mm-hmm. and to add to them, sure. right? Um, we started this process out by asking every community, what are you currently proud of? What makes you happy to be where you're at? Uh-huh. Um, tell us all of those things. Brag about yourself for a little bit, right? Convince us to move here, sure. right? Exactly. Um, and then we followed that up with, in five years, when this plan is done, what do you want to be able to add to that list, mm-hmm. right? Wow. Um, so instead of going kind of a traditional SWOT analysis, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats, we really wanted to focus positively, right? So mm-hmm. sure. so we didn't ask you, what do you not like, right? Because right? Sure. we'll be here right. for three years listening <laughs> to everybody's what they don't yeah, like. Sure. Um, that list is usually longer. It's usually longer, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So instead, what do you like? What keeps you here? Sure. Uh, and what do you want to add to that? Right. And then that kind of draws them into, well, yeah. you know, we don't have this or maybe any more of this. Right. Or, we're cre- yeah. we're getting what sure. you don't like just That's in, interesting. A, in a better way. <laughs> well, you know, and actually it's it's actually a more positive yeah. approach. Yeah. You know, and uh, and then, you know, and I, I'm thinking that, you know, people who look from the outside in on this document, I mean, I think it's a lot of information. It is. Yeah. So the first half of each county's um, strategic plan, we do have a PDF copy of the county strategic plans right. as they were adopted. Sure. Um, I will caveat that and say all of the objectives in those plans have changed over the course of a year. Yes. Um, so the most recent ones are on the actual link where you say view all objectives sure. on the website. But the PDF document, the first half of it is information. It's, it is um, background demographics. It is economic development data. It is hazard data and yes. how hazards have traditionally impacted the county in the past. Um, because, like I said, it's two, it's two regional goals for us, right? Uh, it's that comprehensive plan, and mm-hmm. then it's that hazard mitigation plan. So right. a lot of those objectives are also, hey, if we have a hazard, how can we be more resilient mm-hmm. to that so that it has less of an impact on us? That's awesome. So, well, like, for instance, uh, did you all have anything to do with the tornado damage uh, in Warren County? We do. Um, we help them as they apply for FEMA funding on the okay. back end of it. Um, and then also looking ahead at future projects. Um, so we have a disaster resiliency coordinator. Her name oh, is wow. Diana. Uh, she does a fantastic job of keeping track of all of the FEMA opportunities sure. that are out there and pushing those out to the counties, helping them to apply. Um, she's working on some safe rooms right now with Warren County. Mm-hmm. Um, I will give you uh, just a little heads up that FEMA is glacially slow on the mitigation side. I was going to say, now, so. FEMA is notoriously, <laughs> I mean, it, that's a pretty big maze it, of bureaucracy. It is. It is. We are um, really, really blessed to have Diana mm-hmm. to be able to navigate that maze sure. for our communities. Um, she, she does a fantastic job really knowing kind of what's out there and when to apply for it. Well, I think there's a lot of frustration with FEMA because they come yeah. in and think, oh, they're just going to solve all the problems. They're just yeah. going to throw the money out. Well, and it's no. so technical. There's a process. <laughs> right, exactly. And the people who are involved in that know that, you know, and it, I don't want to say it's a game, but there are rules and things you have to go by. And I think that people, the misconception is, is they're just going to come in and write a blank check. Right. And, and it's really, if you haven't been keeping up with the data sure. from the start, right. um, they they won't reimburse you for it. Well, that's the thing, <laughs> is you've got to have a base yep. before. And after. And, exactly. And receipts. Exactly. Oh, yeah. And I just, so a lot of people were frustrated. I guess their expectations were, you know, so part of it is, uh, I guess, communicating with folks. Yes. Educating them and what they need to do beforehand. God right. knows you hope you never have to use that. Right, right. Yeah. So there's there's a wide gamut of technicalities in all of these programs. Uh, I think that you know there's a lot of different services that you all add. I mean, so what 
what do you think down the road? I mean, what, what are you thinking as far what are you all looking at as far as an agency in general? Yeah, so um, agency in general, I'll have to let Eric play on that Yeah, that's one. true. You're right. <laughs> and i got to get him over here. I haven't done that yet. <laughs> um, but departmentally, I right. can tell you, uh, we've got some applications that we're waiting to hear back for on some brownfield assessments. Mm-hmm. Um, which those are those properties that could potentially be contaminated, don't have to be contaminated, sure. just have that perception right. of being contaminated sure. um, that prevents development. So that application would allow us to go in and do a phase one and phase two environmental assessment, um, which could then clear the property um, if it's not contaminated and uh-huh. say, no, it's safe, you can go ahead sure. and develop on it, um, or would tell the owner kind of what is needed to develop it. Um, there are caveats with that one too, though, because uh, the owner the city or county can't own the property that we're doing the, the right. assessments on, but yeah. we need to have an interested buyer in it. Sure. It gets so that could be like a, an old factory that was right. that years ago. Yeah, it uh, could be a factory. It could be um, an old mechanic shop, dry cleaners, yeah. terrible ones. Sure. Um, and then um, really anything that you think might have lead paint in it, might yeah. have asbestos oh. in it. I mean, that like, it just, yeah, it just opens sure. up. Um, and it's really got to have just that perception that that's what's keeping it from being developable. Right. So we're looking at that. Uh, we are looking at trying to figure out how to get a regional housing study done. Um, what would that entail? Yeah, so we're trying, very much like we did the broadband studies um, uh-huh. last year, we are trying to do 10 county-level housing studies. We're in the very early, early phases of that because we haven't secured funding for it yet. Sure. Um, but what we are hoping is that that would look at each county's current housing stock and identify, okay, here are where your gaps are, and not just low income, but middle income, even all the way up to executive, of what kind of housing is really in demand in your community right Mm -hmm. now, um, with the hopes that then each community could give that to developers to spur. um, Maybe look at their target where they need to be short here, you know, whatever, not too too top heavy in this area. Right, right, and then also pairing that with, okay, do we have enough – do we have enough assisted living facilities? Do we have other type of special need facilities um, or special population facilities? Um, so adult daycares, sure, you know that kind of thing. Those things are becoming more necessary because, as me being a baby boomer, you know we're aging, and we need those kind of facilities. But you know, uh, I don't think people think about that. Right. You know, think about just residential or single home, family homes, that kind of things. So. Um, are you doing anything with, with affordable housing? What, what exactly yeah, is affordable housing? Right. Um, so that varies based on each community sure. as well, uh, which we would also hope to kind of fold into this survey that we're trying to figure out how to get done. Sure. Um, and part of that really is defining what are those levels of affordable in each community, mm-hmm. right? What does affordable mean in Scottsville sure. versus affordable in Bowling Green? Exactly. Right? They're going to be different. Absolutely. Um, and affordable doesn't necessarily mean Section 8 low income, right? right? Okay, um, that's good. <laughs> yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> it means affordable, sure. right? Affordable for that person who is looking to buy. Right. Um, so you're going to have different levels in there as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Um, so that's really where we're trying to base that supply and demand kind of section off of, like, okay, you have a high need for housing within the 150 to 200,000 range, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then you also have a high need for... Maybe it's executive housing for people who are driving a little bit further sure. but want to live here, right? right exactly. Um, and so what are those levels? What does that breakdown look like, mm-hmm. um, and how is that See, different? I think that's really good that you're actually looking at specific groups 
uh, and trying to figure out what they can afford. Right. And I think sometimes people don't know what they can afford. Right. Yeah. You know. Um, well, and uh, I don't know if you saw recently, but um, the governor just announced a bunch of CDBG disaster mm-hmm. funding. Um, their first phase of that really is focused on housing. Yes. Um, and it's it's redeveloping housing that was hit by those tornadoes and massive storms. Um, they're doing a lot of flooding uh, replacements over in Eastern Kentucky. They're they actually are. buying up yep. homes. Yep. Um, they're buying, they're relocating. Yes. It's, a, it's a whole process. Yes. Um, but as part of that, um, what comes down with that funding is also counseling. Sure. Um, and home ownership counseling and kind of that assistance on that side of it so that, hey, um, maybe, maybe you do know what your limit is. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, and the thing is, people don't think through things like yeah. that. And they, or they don't have the... Uh, expertise or the professional advice because right. they can't afford it. Right. Well, and just the limits in the past 10 years have changed anyway. What, sure. what you could afford 10 years ago pre-COVID um, may significantly be different <laughs> based on nothing you've done, right. but completely the market and Absolutely. where things are at. So. You know, we're in a, you know, I guess uh, inflation. Yeah. We're like 8.79% yeah. been in there. That's and that, that takes away from all areas of living, right. food, Right. Transportation, all those kinds. We have a revolving loan fund at the brand um, that helps out small businesses mm-hmm. um, that can't get traditional funding elsewhere. Sure. Um, so that's one of the caveats is they have to have tried to apply for traditional funding. Right. And either it's come back at too high of an interest rate to make it feasible or it's mm-hmm. just been a straight rejection. Right. They can come and apply to us um, for years for years and years, the interest rate, um, the ceiling on that interest rate has been 4% wow. um, because it's four points lower than prime. Mm-hmm. And so for years and years, that's been my ceiling, right? right. Um, well, I just got noticed last week that my ceiling is now 4.25%. Wow. Um, so now we're at, which is still a really good rate. I mean, it's, to me, it's not a good rate. Yeah, sure. It's a great rate, yeah. um, but it's uh, it's gone up. So how do so you, uh, so I guess... How do you market that? How do you talk, how do people get that word? I mean, I know you have website, Facebook, those kind of things. And what yeah. else do you do to kind of communicate those kind of things? So stories? our loan program uh, stays in flux kind of a bit based upon how much funding we have available. Mm-hmm. Um, currently, right now, I have two loan funds that mm-hmm. I can kind of dip into. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is our traditional RLF. It's the one that we've had since the 80s. Um, and then we have a COVID RLF fund. Um that is newer, wow. obviously. Uh-huh. Um, and right now, my traditional RLF fund is tapped out. Uh, it, it's I'm out of money in it right. until I get some payments back. Sure. Right? But I have a significant amount available in COVID mm-hmm. funding. Um, if you have a business that's interested, send them my way. You mean either it had to close down or lost revenue? What What are no, some of the so criteria? We call it the COVID fund because it, uh, when it when we were first funded with it, that's it was CARES funding. Right. Um, and initially, the federal government said that business had to be impacted by COVID in some way to be eligible for it. Sure. Well, now they've come back and said every business was impacted by COVID. Well, they were. So, I mean, you know, customers couldn't yeah, come, you know, yeah. whatever. Um, when we first started it, we couldn't do startups. We had to do businesses that were already in place during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now we can do startups because we can say that they were delayed from starting up because of COVID. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah, okay. it, it focuses primarily on working capital, though, uh-huh. um, and not necessarily uh, hard costs, right? right? So it's all of your rent, it is payroll, it's supplies, sure. it's inventory, um, those kind of things. And we can do 2500 up to about 60000 Really? Wow. That's 
significant amount of money. Yeah, yeah. Um, so how do they, I mean, like, how do they find out? Yep, so things like this. Yeah, sure. um, uh-huh. And then uh, occasionally I will go talk to chambers about it or I'll mm-hmm. meet with uh, area bankers because yeah. we are not there to compete with your banks. In fact, we really like to partner with the banks. Mm-hmm. So if you have gone to a bank and they said, well, we're not comfortable doing the full amount, right? Uh, we like to come in and be the partner that will mm-hmm. sign on. Um, we also work closely with the Small Business Development Center, so we get a lot of leads through right. them. Um, and then there are a few other loaning agencies that work in the region. Um, Community Ventures is one that we wow. toss back and forth. Um, if we can't do it, maybe they can. And vice those versa. are great outlets. I mean, I yeah. hadn't thought about that. You know, Small Business Development Center, those are yeah, part yeah. of ours, we really want you to have a business plan. So sure. if you come to us a little bit early, we're going to send you to the Small right. Business Development Center. They have a coach there that's going to walk you through everything that we you need. We have one that comes once a week here. Yep. I think he just uh, left the position. Uh, Brittany is the new one. Okay. Um, she's uh, recently started. I'm actually meeting her this afternoon oh, to talk you? about our program. I mean, so. it's a it's a great service yeah. because I know in one in particular uh, a few years ago, we had a couple that wanted to start their own business, and they sat down with Smalls Business Development. Uh, I can't remember his name, the counselor, but it didn't work out. Yeah. That he's like, it really is not going to cash flow you. Yeah. And and there were a lot of things that he talked about that they hadn't thought about. Right. And I think that you know you can either you know head off something or you know improve it or change the direction right. or whatever. But. I mean, it's a great, and it's free. Yeah, absolutely free. They'll walk you through all of that. They'll walk you through how to do your projections, mm-hmm. how to sit down with the business plan, how to see if it's going to make bank sure. or not. Yeah. Um, and all of that is great to do before you risk all your funding on it. That's true. And plus, you know, any institution, you know, you know, it, and it also, if you have a business plan, it shows you're yeah. serious. Yeah. You spent the time. You know, right. And, uh, you know, a lot of places that want to lend their money, they want people to be ready right so yeah they want to see yeah um so you can find out more on our program on our website that's awesome um at brad.org under business services that's cool yeah so anything else we uh we've covered a pretty good way anything else you we haven't uh, covered yet you want to talk about i think we've covered a, a good portion yeah there's a lot, I mean, and there's a lot more information oh my available. Gosh, so much. There is. But at least we just want to try to, you know, uh, alert folks yes. to what you're doing. I mean, yeah. I, I think a lot of people don't understand what all Brad does. We, What's under we that are big umbrella. so massive. Um, and we are active on our socials. So we try to share what we're doing on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. I love the accessibility <laughs> of everyone. Yeah. I mean, everyone over there. Seems enthusiastic about what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. We love, it's a great place to work. Yeah, it seems to be. You can tell that. Yeah. And uh, I think you, your leadership is good. You know, uh, Eric is doing a great job. Everybody has a lot of people, you know, don't they have bring their dog? Uh, we do. We, I love that. We are, we are pet friendly. Yeah. So, I mean, I think those are all things that make it a great place to work. And, you know, but the thing is, there's a lot of time involved in what you all do. Yeah. So, you got to have a little bit of. Yeah. You got to have the passion for it. Exactly. Then, you know, you want a little bit of an outlet, you know, and the fun, those kind of things. But I will say this, at every meeting I've ever gone to there, uh, you never leave there hungry. Y'all yeah. are great yeah. about you. <laughs> we like our food. <laughs> you do. That's right. And there's always, you know, if you leave there hungry after a meeting, it's your yeah. fault. It's right? your own fault. It is, too. So, okay. Well, Emily, I really appreciate this. Absolutely. This is awesome. Uh, maybe we'll do a follow-up. That sounds great. Because uh, I'll be interested to see as we move along on the steering committee reports, you know, like this time next year, how they're going to look yeah. and different things. And then just, like, maybe a little bit later, if, if the uh, – 
the uh, lead in the yep. pipeline. Yep. Yeah, that's something we might want to follow up on too. Yeah, absolutely. We'll connect you with Morgan. She can she can tell you that's all awesome. about that. I mean, you there's a lot you you know that you're in charge of. Yeah, right? yeah. Right. It's a it's a fun fun yeah. thing. That's awesome. Okay. Well, thank you very much, absolutely. and you have Thanks a great rest me. of the week. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.